Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's my great pleasure to be with you as always this time on a Balls Wednesday. How you doing everybody? Doing alright? Hanging in there? Easing on into summer? First day of June. What a what a great month. A great month. I think we all know what a tremendous month the month of June is. I'm Jeff. That is uh, Tom, and there is Director Matthew. You're you. You're listening to us. We appreciate that. We do. We sincerely do. If you're watching us on War Chant TV, cool. Thanks for doing that, too. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe so that uh, others might uh, be directed and find uh, this here program and other programming on War Chant TV. We do appreciate it. How you doing, Tommy? Man, I'm okay on an Eastern Conference Finals Wednesday. How about you? I'm well. I I, I stayed up and watched uh, that ridiculous uh, effort on defense from those two teams that refused to to bother to get back and clog passing lanes the way the Lightning do. So uh, while there is a lot of skill out west, I never take it very seriously, despite the talent, transcendent talent in some cases, uh, that we know that uh, really uh, Edmonton possesses in the form of Connor McDavid. And and I, I I think that's fun to watch, but I don't think it can win. So at the end of the day, this here is for the Stanley Cup. Oh my Start God. tonight, buddy. Great, great. This is where it starts. It starts tonight. So the cup final begins tonight. Is Cup it, final begins tonight, right. buddy, because mm-hmm. uh, if you find a way to beat the Rangers, it is all over but the shouting. Those two sieves out west aren't stopping anybody. Uh, and so this is it right here. Rangers win. They're going to hoist the Stanley Cup. Get excited, everybody in New York. If you can get it done, uh, you got to beat the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. You might be able to do it. You're a fine club, fine club, uh, with real goaltending, unlike what we see out there in the West. And so I give you every chance in the world. Well, Patrick Waugh would have given up five last night. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Happens every round with those teams. So at some point, you know, Colorado's, Colorado's victory over St. Louis tells me that they can play a little bit more tight. But they look at Edmonton, they say, you are a worse version of us. <laughs> and so we're just going to play up and down. And yeah. if you want to engage us, you're going to lose. Yeah, but we won't do that. We've and got so, more guns than you've got. Yeah. You know? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, I like our chances. I like our chances against those two teams. This is yeah. going to be a war. This will be a war with the Rangers, and that's fine. I like our chances here, too. Uh, I'm excited. I really think that... Um, you know, what we didn't think necessarily they had the legs for, uh, certainly no team in the salary cap era has ever won back-to-back-to-back Stanley Cups. So, you know, it, it was an uphill climb right from the get-go, but uh, the way that we dominated last round against a Florida team, desperate and with a lot of skill, uh, gives me gives me a lot of hope and a lot of belief that uh, they can get it done. So I'm excited. So you didn't enjoy the game last night? I did. I, at some point it gets stupid. It was phenomenal. It was fun as hell until we get to about – Six to four, and I'm like, okay. So nobody's just gonna, nobody's gonna stop anybody. We're well, just gonna give up odd man rushes. We're gonna have all kinds of guys just skating right down the middle of the ice with nobody hitting them. I mean, that happened several times. This is what we never got in 2015 with the first iteration of Tampa. Nobody would engage us and play a style like this. I've always wanted to watch a series that's like this, and we're getting. I don't disagree that it's aesthetically pleasing to see a lot of goals, but it does feel a little bit like arena football. Ah. Now, this gets to one of my great points that I'm the old man on the uh, mm-hmm. front porch saying, mm-hmm. you know who was the best hockey player? 
It wasn't Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> now, Wayne is one of the all-time greats, he there's no doubt. He would have flourished last night. Well, Might have had nine goals himself. That's the era he played in. Yeah. That's why he's got all of these points. So for people who grew up in the 90s and the trap era and they're saying, what is all? What is this? Well, look at the 1980s. Look at the, ni- the late 70s to mid-80s. And you look at all of the goals and all of the points. That's what it was like more nights than not. Not two to one, seven to five, right. eight to four, and that's why I think some of those numbers, it's like playing in the live ball era versus the dead ball era. That's why that dude's in a different class, but also he's in a different era. He got a six, seven-year head start where that was the game every single night. Yeah, no, I think that we can be uh, in awe of the overriding talent that a person, an individual has, and, and he uh, was the class of a group of teams that had a lot of talent and scored a lot of goals. He was better than all those guys, right? It's like it's like when everybody's cheating in the Tour de France. Right. Well, I mean, Jesus, Lance beat you seven times. You're all cheating. Right. You know right. I mean? Now, that's a different discussion about what he did off the, off my, the, off the gravel. My point would be, you know, pluck uh, McDavid and drop him back that era. I think he that, scored a lot of goals, too. That dude's more productive in the 80s than 99 would be now. In this era, yeah, yeah, that's a fun hockey head discussion, yeah. and, and it, it, is. it is. It's worth it's worth it if you're that's what around. I'm having while I'm seeing goal, yeah, goal, goal. But it's it's like I, it's troubling at some point when when you see unfettered access to the middle of the ice, uh, blue line to blue line, nobody hitting anybody. I'm like, mm, okay, that ain't happening in the East. People get take get their head taken off, and sometimes it's a little dicey in the East where. It might have been illegal how that guy got his head taken off. Yeah. And we're but oh, very different styles. There's, there's a dude for the Rangers yeah. who will do just that. Well, he does exactly that. Truba. But I'm saying somebody could have done that last night, needed to do that last night, desperately, because otherwise you're going to get this, which, again, since I don't have a dog in the fight on that side, it's a great, fine, let's watch a bunch of goals. It's a great off-night product. You're like, all right, we yeah, get out of our yeah. grind let's and let's go and watch, watch this. These guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I just want, we're going to move on, but listen, guys, indulge us. It's the dead of summer. I, I, I would just tell you that the teams I appreciate more are very much like us, meaning they can do both. We can play it how you want to play it. Yeah. But if we need to, for the purposes of, you know, winning the game, slow it down, bring it to a grind get physical, that happens too. I never see that out West. And it's been a complaint for a while. And so it's not that, I mean, maybe it wins this year, and then all of a sudden we have to rethink some things, but I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's it's a fun discussion, though. It is. It is. And I watched, yes, I watched and I enjoyed. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I did. I sat back last night and watched. I fell asleep late. Um, I think I think the Avs were up by three goals, and I was like, okay, there, I know what this game is. Edmonton's not scoring three goals to tie this up. That's I'm interesting. Going, I'm going to bed. Puck drop of the third period said this feels like a one-goal game. I, I was thinking, yep, especially because Kemper was out. They're, they're starting goaltender. Who's Kemper, you're saying, as an old fan? Well, yeah, he's the starter. The backup was in. Imagine if we had a backup quarterback in. Yeah. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, and we had a 10-point <laughs> lead. Is that enough? Is that enough points, Noel fans? If Tate Rodemaker's in the football game, we got a 10-point lead against Clemson in the fourth quarter? Probably not. That's how I felt about last night's game in the third period. David, it's easy to be a hockey snob when your team has won back-to-back Stanley Cups. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy watching those cupcakes out west, too. It's fun. Let them run around. That's, that's so fast. Add now, that to the snob category. In the uh, yeah, There you go. Yeah. It's a new award. Coffee snob, hockey snob, mm-hmm. music snob. 
I want to add to it. When I was a kid, Colorado was my playoff team because Tampa never went. Since then, we've won three cups before Colorado's won their next one. Oh one! I watched that one. That was a great. That was Ray Borg. Yeah, it was Raymond Ray Borg. Borg. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember that was it. Awesome. Like it was yesterday. How quickly the time flies. Twenty-one years ago, buddy. I was asked a question by David Hale yesterday, ESPN.com college football writer, frequent guest of the Jeff Cameron Show, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Um, I've been thinking about how. By the way, it's not cheating. It's not cheating, David. We can keep going, uh, but. He's upset from last year, not this pa- not this past year, the right. year before. He's upset about that. Look up how many teams were over the salary cap last year in the playoffs, David. You'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. So, golf snob, true. Life spectator, yes. Add to the list. That is true. 100%. Absolutely golf snob because I gamble on it, and I know what I'm talking about, and I work in the field. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's it's come to uh, – it's earned. What the hell is Gergelson doing? Winning on a Saturday at the PGA. Can we get a real major winner, please? How is Gurgleson doing this? I don't think he can hang in those final nine. Freaking Gurgleson. But I was right about this course setting up for Gurgleson. Can we get a real winner, please? Uh, I Well, it worked out for us. It worked out for us at the PGA. I can't have Mito Pereira out here winning the oh, damn PGA championship. That one hurt. Some don't when guys blow it. Like Vandeveld, I didn't care. Ha ha. For Mito, though, that swing on 18T, oh, God. That just, ouch. The thing of it is, that is a lot more relatable than the unwavering effort of Justin or anybody else that concludes a tournament with nerves of steel. He birdied six of the last 13 holes, including the playoff, and had zero bogeys in that time to win it. That is not normal. Meaning, Justin, that's not normal. Guys who do that, you're like, man, you are a cyborg. How is that even possible? Whereas what Mito did is very possible. We're very all relatable. Kind of, yeah, like, you're ooh. like, um, it is. It's one of those things. That's what I would have done, except it went about 300 yards farther. I would have just banked it about six feet to the right. The funny part about him with that swing is that it didn't resemble any of his other swings the whole day and it just uh, that's one of those cases where it's more about uh studying uh, human nature the psychology of a moment and how that translates into a physical you know manifest into a physical malady like how you can go i mean that guy all he does all any of them do all day every day rightfully and they're paid handsomely to do so is swing a golf club know every aspect of their swing know how they respond under pressure with adrenaline their caddies know this too it's how they address them knowing that their nerves are in play here. Uh, they'll club down because of it, things like that. And then you saw that non-swing. Yep, like yep. that. Yep. It's the silliest thing you've ever seen. It was the the old sound effect for Tiger when he had the yips. Tiger Woods had the chipping yips. Okay, I'm going to run up to two feet. And then <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Let's not chunk it this time. Let's go. And then it's a, it's a blade through the green. You're like, Tiger, he's now chipping for five. I would tell you that uh, well, Tom Watson at the British. Oh, that one hurt more than any other. Well, in a it, weird way. In a weird it, way. Yes. Yeah. We didn't know at the time some of the things we've since learned. Sure. That are annoying about Tom Watson. But then again, but, you know, in, in retrospect, Phil calling him out on the dais is not exactly like you know Phil is the bastion of what's right. Oh no! In the world. No, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. Well, 
A lot of things. So, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> golf, though. That's yeah, also oh, golf. I got some thoughts on that today. We'll yeah. get we'll get get to the boardroom table of your uh, local club. You we'll, know? We'll, we'll get to this uh, mo- momentarily. By the way, today there is an FSU related item to get to, and I will. Uh, college players with remaining eligibility who have made themselves available to the NBA draft have until eleven fifty nine p.m. tonight. Uh, to withdraw their names in order to play college basketball this upcoming season. And and how is that relevant in the dead of summer? Well, how it's relevant is Malik Osborne and John Butler uh, both have their names there. Now, I would think that Malik, what is Malik, 42 years old? I he probably needs so, to yes. take it on down the road. Yeah. But Butler, I would also say this about both gentlemen, and this is not a shot, neither on anybody's draft board. I mean, I have I have scoured the draft boards, of which there are a ton. And you can get in the weeds with all of the draft analysis out of the NBA just like you can the NFL. I mean, you, you, you get scouting reports, every aspect of a guy's game, what teams thought in private workouts. It's all out there now. That is the beauty of the age of the Internet is that this is all accessible to the average fan who desperately wanted to see, well, what are the, what are the ups and the downs of this guy's uh, potential at the next level? And then you can't find those guys. I mean, they're just like, you can find them, but they're like, you know, it's a little cursory write-up. Like, oh, by the way, he's, he, his name's in here, too. They're not taken seriously. So, I don't know. I mean, it makes me uh, concerned selfishly. I wish them nothing but the best. I hope if they decide to proceed and, and put their name out there that even if they don't get drafted, first of all, I hope they get drafted. Secondly, if they don't, I hope they're able to, to get into a G League or something and make a little bit of money. You can make Good money these oh, days yeah. there. Overseas. Yeah, you can yeah. get 100 grand, 200 grand, somewhere in that neighborhood. That's not nothing, that's for sure. So, and overseas, they'll put you up. They'll pay you. Oh, and overseas, you, you yeah. might get paid a million dollars to go right. play. And, you know, you could go live in any number of countries that uh, have their professional leagues and you could do well. So, you don't, when we say professional basketball, you don't have to play professional basketball here. You can play all over the world. Uh, and I wish them nothing but the best. I just, for Florida State's standpoint, it really would be a tough break to lose these two guys. Uh, if both come back, you're in a position to to be a, a, a middling team to, to slightly better in the ACC. I was assuming that Osborne was already completely gone and that the question is about Butler. That was the question. Now, the one thing I'd say is if I could pick one of the two to bring back, it wouldn't be John Butler. It would be Malik Osborne. Well, and I know why you're going to say that, but man. Because we need more sandpaper. This team was soft last year and it quit on multiple occasions. And whoever is the cause of that, Look, I, I know Malik Osborne won't be. I don't know what John Butler is or is not in that regard when it comes to the culture of the locker room and a culture of caring. But that game in Chapel Hill, Malik was not available to play in that one. And if he was, you wouldn't have seen that. I guarantee you. So whatever the reasoning is that that came up more than yeah. once last year, that's got to go because it's an embarrassment and it's an insult to the program that Leonard Hamilton's built. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, that, that that's the harder, harder part um, is that it is an insult to what they've established here, the culture they've created here, but that same culture allowed for it. So that's uh, that, that what's scary about that, Tom, and I know you know this, is this, this feeling that there is an impending doom on the rise for Florida State basketball. And I don't want to go down that road right now in June – I don't have a good feeling about where this program is headed currently for a variety of reasons. And um, 
this would only add to that. But last year was evidence of my growing concerns. And, uh, you know, listen, it's a weird era. I mean, it's it's a makeshift on the fly, got to figure this thing out sort of time. And that is not the time, in my opinion. And I got to make sure that I fully vet this on the air before we break. In my opinion, it's not the time that you want a 74-year-old to lead your program. Now, somebody is going to take that like, wait a minute, Jeff is calling for the firing of Litter. No, I'm not. I'm just, it's an observation that we are in a transitional transitional phase in college basketball and college athletics, period. And I think you want a younger, more vibrant, adaptable coach to, uh, to, to move forward. And what I mean by that is he's been very progressive, especially for a man his age, which is a, a doff of the cap from me to him because it's very rare that a guy decides to change who he is and his overriding philosophies uh, and adhere to something more modern uh, that late in his career. And he did do that, and we've praised him for it countless times. It's just that uh, I think Florida State will be victimized in more ways than one in the NIL era. We're already seeing it in football, but I think they're really going to get crushed in basketball. I mean, that that's if you've already seen it with like Baycock getting him whatever he's getting from North Carolina, you're starting to see guys like that will stick around in, in blue blood places. Right, and also right. now that they're paying, there are places that care about basketball in a way that we can't even fathom. Right. Well, and also it's like, you know, there are certain players that would return in football, get an insurance policy and cash in on whatever, you know, future earnings. And, and we've heard that happen of, of players, maybe even here, sign that deal, say I'm coming back to play one more year, see if I can improve my draft stock. You can now get that cash up front in the form of NIL and still go get your insurance policy. It might be more productive mm-hmm. and a better, a lesser risk for you at this point in NIL. With it being on the up and up, you might face less of a risk yeah. to come back, sign that insurance policy against future earnings, and make your NIL money. That's where, again, I think the equation changes a little bit. It's not the exact same thing here. The one thing I'd say, I understand how you feel because it, it, it almost feels like somebody else took the helm and that would be the situation and you've got a course that's locked in, and you don't like where you're going. Yeah. But because Leonard has proven that he is unbelievably adaptable. He's malleable for a man his age. He's a malleable guy, period. And he took it to the brink where John Thrasher and the extension, the one-year extension release, I'll never forget it, Mm -hmm. basically says in the quote, this is it, this is your last chance. And we came all the way around and Mm -hmm. became a perennial Sweet 16, Elite 8 team, would have been a Final Four group in 2020. Because he's proven that, I'm not counting the man out. But I understand how you feel because part of me feels that way too. I just feel bad for him too. It's a, it's a. I, I think it's all on the heels of what happened with the COVID season, where they didn't get a chance to to make the run that they had built to. You know, I, I that would have been the shining moment of an already very productive, well thought of. Uh, tenure as coach at Florida State. It, to me, that was a team we'll never know. It doesn't matter that Dick Vitale wrote a book saying they'd win the national championship. Doesn't matter. A lot of influential people and analysts all over the country. Uh, Billis brought it up. A lot of people did that covered the game that they thought that team was most equipped to make a serious run to win the national championship. I happen to concur. There are people who don't. Again, it's a hypothetical. They didn't get a chance to do it. And we couldn't have known in the moment that'd be the only chance because it is going to be his only chance at the end of his career. They are not getting back to that. They will not get back to an Elite Eight Final Four uh, while Leonard Hamilton's here. That's unfortunate. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Everton 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Going to be with you. Happy Balls McWednesday, everybody. You know what? You, you and I never... I want to get back to what I was saying about uh, David Hale uh, and a question he asked me. But we were we were talking about Jordan Travis, and his question was about Jordan Travis, and it got... Just now, while we were talking about the nature of NIL, uh, he would be a test case, a real good test case. So... You know, if you think about his prospects moving forward, how long is he going to be here? Seems like this is a really important year for him. Mm, I agree. Like spring might be an open competition between top recruit that we bring in, Duffy, and then, you know, old right. man Rodemaker. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's kind of an interesting way of, of looking at the season because you could look at this season and say that, Obviously, we know it's an important year for him. It's an important year for FSU. It's an important year for the long-term health of the program. Mike Norvell, you name it. We've we've reiterated that, and you know, as the build-up towards uh, July begins, because really, it's just a, it's this long. Can we get to July? You know, you just got to get through this golden month of June, and then you get to July, and it's like, oh, we well, you know, camp starts at the end of July because we've got an early game in August, and that's exciting. But I, I would think that we're gearing up to look at this season and not – I don't know that Jordan Travis could do anything this year that would lead me to think he's getting drafted. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a college football player. Yeah. So what do we – so he would be like – if he's still here quarterbacking this football team beyond this season – it would be NIL. Yeah. It would be in his best interest financially. I see yeah, where that's you're going. What that's it's the, the same only conversation. way for him to make yeah. money playing football. Yeah. It's the same conversation. He would. The only way for him to make money playing football is after this year to play again here. Mm-hmm. If we, if, I mean, I don't know how that looks. And I mean, put his name on a dealership. Yeah, 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 something like that. Right? Yeah. Isn't that the only way? I feel like that. I know there are a lot of younger fans who, who might be more apt to assume that a quarterback like Jordan Travis can be an NFL player because they've seen it more often. They're younger. They, they don't have the decades that you and I have where pocket passers are really the only dudes that can win, and now you have this newfangled 
wave of quarterbacks that are playing and they're playing at a high level and they're winning yeah, awards or but beyond that I, mean, I hear you he's not i mean what are we talking about um well what i'm saying is we believe that he is uniquely gifted as a runner right we both can agree on that at least in the co- at the college level he's uniquely gifted yeah he's a gifted runner that's exactly the same thing we would say about jalen hurts and jalen hurts is earning a contract at the next level jalen hurts is thick is looks like a starting running back in the nfl isn't a very good quarterback at all but he's earning starters money. Currently. Right, right. But so, Jalen Hurts is a different body type who can withstand those hits. The Jordan Travis has yet to prove he can. 100%. And that's why this is a big year for him. I'm not trying to argue he's going to go in the draft position that Jalen Hurts did or make the money that Jalen Hurts did. He's just trying to make money at the next level, which I think it's possible if a guy like yeah, Kyler it, Murray can go in the first round or a guy like Jalen Hurts can exist – as a starting quarterback for multiple seasons, mind you, at the NFL level, I think there is a pathway to at least make money in the pros. It's just not going to be a windfall. Where, yeah, I mean, he, he who's wasting it? I mean, I'm, I agree. You're going to make me be an ass here. No, I mean, no, what, it's fine because we had the situation I, with EJ when he was drafted. We're saying, what are you doing? I was, what are I you was doing? Stunned. It was preposterous yeah. to draft him in the first round. Right. I couldn't believe what Buffalo did, and. What happened? But, I mean, look. Ultimately, I agree with you. I'm not trying to put you in a position to where you have to do what you love to do, which is jump on Jordan Travis. I only counter this unbridled passion and love that some of our fan base has for Jordan Travis with, I temper it with, you know he's not any good, right? That that, that drives me nuts. People talk about him. Look at, okay, so the exercise yesterday on the program was to go through the ACC quarterbacks. And rank, Andrea Adelson asked me to do this. So I said, okay. And we went through the quarterbacks, and she wanted me to settle an argument she was having with David about where Jordan Travis ranks. Okay. All right. Oh, now, this is fun. You, I did not hear this exercise. This is good. We're going to do it next on the Jeff Ooh, Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Uh, all right, so I rarely uh, do the radio thing that I'm supposed to do, which is tease the next segment, and I actually did it this time. So if you're uh, keeping score at home, jot this down that on Wednesday, June the 1st, I teased a segment on the Jeff Cameron Show in the last, I don't know, two years of radio, the last two years. Uh, you think that's happened more than 10 times? Probably not. No, I was going to say I can count them on two hands. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it happened. And interviews don't count because you well, have to get out te- for an interview. Yeah, that and, doesn't I, count. and I do properly tease interviews, like coming yeah. up next, yeah. so-and-so. But that doesn't count because if you that would be really, I mean, just bad. Like, I like that you don't do the, no, the teaser thing. No, yeah. But it would not be good if, if there I was didn't an interview that there was a and guest? it's like next up somebody's they're like, whoa, yeah. what did this guy come on the program? Did he just call? Yeah, we welcome in this slappy. I didn't tell you he was coming on a moment ago. Here he is. Kirk Herbstreit, everybody. Yeah. Hey. All right. So so we were talking about Jordan Travis, where he ranks ACC quarterbacks. There you go. Up to date. All right. You ready, Tom? Let's do the exercise. This feels a lot like W's and L's in June. It's not. 
but it could be critical to how we would do W's and L's, certainly. J's and Travs. Yeah, here we go. Uh, 2022 quarterback preview ACC football at its finest, everybody. Let's lock it in. Let's start with, on everybody's mind, Boston College football. Oh, yeah. Phil Jerkovich. Okay, so here's the thing about Jerkovich. He's really good if he plays. He missed a boatload of games last year. Oh, what, half of them? So if he plays, he's a better NFL prospect than Jordan Travis by a lot. Is he a better quarterback than Jordan Travis in college? Well, some of that has to do with what you have around you, obviously. And I would say he's a better passer of the football, that's for sure. Doesn't necessarily make him a better quarterback in college than Jordan Travis. Uh, I would tell you that Boston College is in trouble because they've lost a lot of offensive linemen. And if he's going to be behind a ragtag bunch up there, uh, that's going to be a problem. He will not be as good as Jordan Travis, but I think he's a better talent. Yeah, this is interesting. So it, it, it is. You could, define, you could define your terms by NFL prospect. The answer feels much bigger uh, in terms of an NFL prospect. College football player in a vacuum. Or who can do more with less? Because that's what the Jordan Travis question is about. And that's why I have a hard time, you know, when sometimes when you pick on Jordan, and I, I hear why. Because uh, he gives you, you ample reason. Yes, and you judge him by, you go judge by professional circumstances. No, first. he's not always great in college playing football either. I agree. However, given a set of circumstances here in Tallahassee. Agreed. You can't do much better if you took most kids from this conference. Yeah, and I have and plugged them into Florida State situation. Like it, not many of them, if any, maybe one or two, would put you in a better position to win consistently with the surrounding cast that Florida State has. Oft times, I have immediately followed up my criticisms because you guys push back so much on this with I'm not telling you it's all his fault. I'm not saying I acknowledge the extenuating circumstances by which he's trying to operate under. I mean, I do. And I always point out that I think he's a gamer. I think that, yeah, there are plays he can make with his feet, you're right, that nobody else in this league can make. And that he has to here. And he especially has to here, yeah. I think my criticism of him is certainly as a passer, and then secondly, I think in a weird way, Jordan, the reason Jordan probably gets the, the the bulk of my ire when I talk about Florida State quarterback play, A, he happens to be the starter, but B, I think he represents how far we have to go. He ought not be a starter at Florida State. He ought not be. That's not his fault. But he ought not be if we're operating anywhere near peak efficiency. Right, and, and it's a chicken or the egg because I'll be the other side of the yin-yang. He represents... The only reason on offense that we're as close as we are in the current circumstances. Right. Now, that's changing. We're getting better players now at each position group. We're getting yeah, better not players. not a lot better. Not a lot better. Agreed, which is why he represents all <laughs> at the same time the wrong thing and yeah, the only yeah. reason we're so close, as close as we are. It's, not so close, but yeah. as close as we are to the right thing. Let me ask you, would you rather have DJ Uangale at Clemson? No. Well, okay. Easy. That one's easy. I don't know about that. That dude is so affected by a pass rush. He would be... I don't know how, because he's gigantic. He would leave the program after the Duquesne game and say, what is this? 
Well, if we can't block Duquesne, Tom, then we all need to leave the program. My point is that that dude is so affected by even the idea of a pass rush. Yeah, he was a year ago. It didn't make any sense. After you saw what he did to Notre Dame on the road and what he did to uh, Boston College and all that, I mean, there were games where he got opportunities to play and he looked like the second coming of yet another first-round draft pick at quarterback for Clemson. Would I want the potential of him? Sure. But what I saw last year, no. Give me Jordan. That the only reason that they lost a football game last year, well, maybe not in the playoff to Georgia, but the only reason, I mean, think about that. Georgia scored a defensive touchdown, so he's partially responsible for the only well, touchdown it's, Georgia it's scores. It's the first game of the year for them, and they're going against that Georgia defense, which turned out to be historically dominant. I mean, easy. But they only lost two games. I know they well three games. I thought or was it three? Okay, whatever it is. Yeah. If he's average, if he's an average version of himself. That Clemson team was in the playoff. There's no doubt about it. He's the only reason they weren't. They were a mess, and they're going to be. Their offensive line was terrible. Uh, I wouldn't say he was the only reason. He was bad, but that offensive line was bad. And I told you before the season, I thought their offensive line was going to be bad. They went to Pumachon, and and that wasn't. I mean, that's how desperate they were. They said this guy can't well, do it. Well, this time it'll be the Cade Klubnik kid yeah, that'll yeah. come in, and yeah. He may be in sooner rather than later. I, I, I don't disagree with some of what you're saying there about him. I'm just it's hard to rank. Where what do you do in that situation? Who would I based upon all that I know to this point? If I've got to have DJ lining up for Florida State with those other ten players or Jordan, I'm taking Jordan based upon what I've seen so far, both their careers. I'm gonna fast forward to the nitty gritty. All right. Would you take Jordan Travis over Malik Cunningham? An interesting question. <laughs> Because we don't beat Louisville of late. No, and he's a big reason why we haven't. So, Well, two years ago, so was that defense. I mean, Christmas. You've got Travis well, I mean, J. lined up in the slot again. I mean, what is that? I'm saying, are we giving credit to the quarterback, or are we citing our horrific play on defense, or both? I'm saying that that clouds our perspective on who the quarterback is, our poor play on I'm defense. I'm just going to tell you, last year Malik Cunningham threw for like 20 touchdowns and threw six interceptions and threw for nearly 3,000 yards and ran for over 1,000. He's He was better than Jordan Travis. If you give him, if you give Jordan Travis the wide receivers that Louisville has, and by no means are they wide receivers that are going to you know kick down the door to the top 10 of the NFL draft, they're infinitely better than our situation here. The offensive line for Louisville was better than our situation right. at offensive well, line here. When we're done making excuses, we're going to say Malik Cunningham is better than Jordan Travis. Mm, I, I don't believe that. I believe he is, but I believe Jordan, if he improves as a drop-back passer this year with better protection and, as you noted, marginally better weapons, he could surpass Malik Cunningham. But I think as we go into this season, you'd have to say Malik Cunningham's been the better player. Yeah, you have to say that, and I, but I, but not that's not he, the same thing as saying that if you plug him in our roster last right. year that we win more than five games. Would I don't think both, that's true. Would we both say that Devin Leary is definitely a better player than easily, Jordan Travis? Okay, easily. yeah. You could just say Dev. I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. yep okay, that guy. Yep. I think Jordan's better than Garrett Schrader. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, <serious>. that's right. <laughs> yeah, but he's not better than Sam Hartman. He's not. So just keep moving. Yeah, that's he, true. He's not well, better. No, look, look. Yes, in a vacuum as a quarterback, there's there's no doubt. I'm just trying to plug Sam Hartman quickly into our offense, and I think our offense would run better with Sam Hartman. So, yeah, okay, fair. Well, I would hope you'd say that since he threw for over 4,000 yards and 39 touchdowns. Right, he's a better player. I'm thinking about him in our offense yeah. with, with all the <laughs> problems that we have. Receivers he's don't just, get open. He's just we a don't block. Player. We don't – but that, that matters. Yeah. 
Uh, now, I don't know who the hell Riley Leonard is, but he's supposed to start for Duke. <laughs> I'm going to give the nod to Jordan Travis. Yeah, yeah. I think Jordan Travis is better than Jeff Sims. He's not better than Tyler Van Dyke. Not no, better. Keep no, it moving. Not, not, not even close. Even uh, Drake May is going to start allegedly for North Carolina. I'll give it to uh, Jordan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 2-0. The Slavis kid, the USC transfer, is battling yeah, it out at Pitt. It's an incomplete grade. You yeah, have we, no idea who we, that is. We don't know. Brendan Armstrong's the kid at Virginia who was really, really good. And there, By the way, he led the ACC in total offense last year. Did you know that? No, but I'd still take Jordan Travis. That, that just sounds like it. <laughs> no, because Why? because that tells me that the Virginia offensive situation is infinitely better. I, I just always have to come back to reminding po- folks that you don't have an offensive line that can block. They're not good at run blocking. You're good at scheming up long running plays, and you um, don't have receivers that can separate and get open. Yeah. These are like all the things a quarterback needs to succeed. So plug him into an average offense. Jordan Travis to an average offense. But you think Virginia's he offense be, was in no way prolific. It was mainly on Armstrong to get it done last year. Is we'll it, see. Is it better than our offense? Well, it's got to be because it exists. It's better than in terms of the options now, for a quarterback. This is interesting. That's one hell of a backhanded compliment to Jordan Travis. Their offense has to be better because it exists, according to you, and yet Jordan Travis is the one who runs this offense. I'm saying that Jordan Travis is a magician to help us get to the upper 20s Man. and lower 30s along with the capability of this offense to create angles because you can't block people straight up. Alex Atkins and the play calling of – Let's, let's go with Mike Norvell here mm-hmm. and Alex Adkins in creating angles in a run game. Yes. Yes. That is You're a one-dimensional why. offense, and yet you create 80-yard runs or 40-yard runs a game. Like that's, that's incredible. But that also is in large part due to the fact that you're scared bleepless of Jordan Travis' legs because it doesn't happen as frequently if Mackenzie Milton or Tate Rodemaker is your quarterback. The hope is that the supporting cast is now right. ACC average because if it is, then you should see an uptick in Travis' production. Jordan should have his best season by far, since he's been the starter, I still say that would put him sixth or seventh best in the ACC. I had that f- would put him behind Devin Leary. Yep. I would put him behind Van Dyke. It would put him behind Hartman. Mm-hmm. I think it puts it behind Malik Cunningham. You don't mm-hmm. agree with that. We kind of agreed about Jerkovic. That that that's a no. In terms of right here, right now in college, drafting. If I'm a GM, yeah, give yes. me Phil. Give me Phil. But the here and now about who can who can produce the magic number. What's the magic number from Corey's article? Is it 31.7? Yeah. Something like that. Who has a better chance to produce 31.7 in a given week? Plug and play. It's Jordan. I think you could plug and play Brennan Armstrong here and do the same type thing. So there, I think there's it's the same thing. So I, I, I think there's five or six guys. I'd, I'd say that there are three definitive guys, and then he's in the mix with the next wave. Between four and eight? Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't. I won't yell at you there. I'm just glad we agreed. <laughs> it's okay, on, I've been yelled at before. I'm just glad we agree that he's better than Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> and we need to do a better job of stopping that kid this year. Grant Wells is the starting quarterback at Virginia Tech. If you're wondering at home, and we didn't met, we didn't touch on him because he's coming over from Marshall. He threw 22 picks there. Oh man, I was going to say that name could work. That's either a name that you laugh at, or like Garrett Schrader. There's no two ways about that name. But Grant Wells, that's an interesting name. That could be a really good one. Or Grant Wells threw for over 5,000 yards. I just pulled it up here. There you see, go. Uh, see? Yeah, he did a lot He's of things. boom and bust. That yeah. name reeks of boom and bust. There may be another quarterback to surpass Jordan Travis this oh, year oh, after boy. all. There we go. Brennan Armstrong. There's the Grant delight I was Wells, waiting for. Keaton Slovis. You never know. 
we'll see what this Drake May character is doing. We know Tyler Van Dyke is definitively better. We know, well, we, yeah. Sam Hartman is. We agreed. See, you almost sound happy about these I'm guys. Not being happy. Better. I'm just. I just. He's got to get so much better in obvious passing downs. He has got to. And I'm rooting obviously for him to do that. I didn't get the evidence I needed in spring that we're going to see it. Every day we walked out of there, people would say to me that in some way, in an ancillary way, there would be this mention somehow that Jordan Travis is having a good spring. I don't know that I concur, is what I would say. I didn't think, oh, he's having a bad spring. I just thought he looked like the same guy we've seen. I, I thought he looked more in command of um, I mean, it's his team the offense now. and the team. So you could see him carry himself a little yeah, bit differently. Yeah, I agree with that. I think also the hard part about spring is they know what he can do in, in live action. You're not going to do that for multiple reasons. And you're going to make him camp set. Well, and then you're, this is a good point you're making because one of the reasons at times that he looked – average was they wouldn't let him run around they basically would blow the whistle and nor is it a good barometer he's in a green jersey you're not going to make him live but also i would who does that anyway well and for that reason alone i wouldn't let him run around because a nobody's allowed to hit you so there's no real threat if you start running unless your name's purdy and b b i would i want him to have to throw the football even in situations where in the game you'd say go ahead and run here, I wanted Correct. him to throw the football. That's what spring is for. Correct. Throw the football. How and they many, did that. They did that. How many pages can I add to my playbook? Right. right? That's what the journey is. But in I don't spring think you fall. walked out of spring going, oh, man, we were really opening it up now. No, there are a few more wrinkles. There are a few more, but not as many as I would have hoped. But I don't know that you need that many with him. Because, again, what he brings to the table with a receiver who can win a 50 50 battle and create two feet of separation once in a freaking, you know, football game will put you in a better position to convert on the third and sixth that you Mm -hmm. need. And then you'll feel better about him. But I don't know that he changed at all. I think it might just be the player on the outside that might be better. Humble, whoever that is on the chat, says he doesn't think Van Dyke is better. Ooh. Well, that certainly is an opinion. It certainly is. And he's basing it on the Miami game that we won here. Well, I mean, put our offense up against our defense last year and I don't know. I don't know that Jordan would produce as much as uh, TVD did. What what I but what Tyler I, was rattled in the first half. That, without that, question, yeah. two things that happened to Tyler Van Dyke in that game. A obviously on the road rivalry game and crazy amounts of wind struggled to adjust. Yep. Then caught fire, led them all the way back to take the lead, and made throws Jordan hasn't dreamt of making. Secondly, go back and look beyond just our one game. Go look at him play the game. Against other teams, right? Go uh, look at the numbers. Go look what he. Go look that's at part how of the he reason operated, his coach where, got fired, and go look at where we think he's going to be. Listen, I hate Miami with a passion. Yeah, it, nothing felt better than to win that game as improbably. And as they we should did. be embarrassed that they lost with yeah. that quarterback disparity. That they lost that football game. Yeah, that's no, no. crazy. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, yeah, it, it, that's great. Uh, I, I, I hope Jordan Travis goes on to to be a much better player this year. He won't be. Van Dyke is a better player. Yeah. yeah, it's it. No, you're not going to get it. <laughs> there think, is no argument even, to make I on that one. I don't even think it's close. But hey, you know what? If you beat him once, who knows? If you beat him this time, you'll beat him in his backyard. Well, 45 minutes away from the campus, you'll you'll, you'll have pulled. Is it that off. how far it is? It's a waste. It's a waste. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever spend money on their own football field now that they've no. got all this? Uh, they've got all this extra money. 
to float around. Might put a stadium on campus. They're trying, but they have to knock down a high school that is filled with rich people. That <laughs> is that is that yeah, legitimately what's yes, going on? Yes, yes. Those people are like, screw you. Please let us out of the building first. That's what they're asking. They're, they're, yeah, they're not. No, no, no. It's it's going to be more difficult than they realize. I heard they're expanding their IPF, though. I mean, like, legitimately, I read that. that they're, they're expanding trying to make IPF it 100 yards. They're going to have a legitimate yards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, Listen, and again, I'd like to see Jordan Travis make the jump that everybody needs him to make. Norvell needs him to make. His teammates need him to make. He has to have it if he wants to play beyond his college years. We need it as fans. We all need it. I hope it happens. Big time hope it happens because I have nothing against him. I think he's a good kid who works really hard. I hope he stays healthy. That'd be nice. And I don't just mean on the field. He has to stay healthy enough to practice every day. You can't have extended stretches where he's not practicing because all that happens is then we double down on special teams practice, which leads to nothing. Secondly, your starting quarterback is not getting reps with the ones it's of vital importance that he get every one of those reps as a work in progress. It's not like you have a three-year starter returning who's proven time and again in game situations that he can make throws on obvious passing downs where the defense knows third and seven he's going to have to fit it into a window. He, he hasn't had that, so he has to have this time. For me, I think he could marginally improve but if you have Pittman, Winston Wright gets back and plays this year, and Benson is the truth with a better offensive line, it only needs to be marginal improvement, yeah. and you're, you're going to feel like the, there's a leap when oh, maybe I, there isn't. I hope there is. I, I'm rooting for the kid. I like him a lot. It's um, it's also our last gasp. I mean, it has to happen. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with it.